All right, welcome back to our episode of the Fan Connection Podcast. Uh, as you can see, it's just me and Berta right now. I think Ponch is finishing up his stream, but we had already started the timer, so it is what it is. He asked us to start early. We start a little bit later than usual. He's still not here. So I don't know. Something's going on. With... No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. Uh, he's he just finished up his stream. He should be here any second now, really. Dude, the uh, the overlay looks sick, man. You like, I like it? it? Yeah, I edited it from last time. I added some yellow in there. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the yellow yet, but I like the rest. I, of like, it. I like it. I like it. You know, I'm actually so I'm wearing this uh, this hoodie, right? This is, do you know what this is by chance? The flow is that for? Is that a Brock Besser hoodie or something? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah, it is. It is. So like the thing is, I just I was just wearing this for the sake of wearing it, and I uh, I usually just scroll on Twitter. Like I was I was pretty busy today, as you know, but I was just scrolling through Twitter. And uh, Frank Sarah Valley was just talking about how Best was probably like the most likely trade candidate for the Canucks, like the mo- the oh, guy yeah. they're most likely gonna ship off. I'm like, well, that's just sad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because I I know because uh, right now it, Rutherford's the GM, right? It's uh, Alvin, but Rutherford's the president. So. Right, right. So he's but they worked together before, so it's kind of yeah. like they, yeah, they're they in it share together. the job. They share the job. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Thank you for the raid, by the way, Ponchi. Pet9 says he's been here for hours. Yeah, I know. Pet9 Pet showed up on time. Or, sorry, Dad9, <laughs> I should say. Uh, so, shout out to Dad9, support of the podcast. Trade Ponch for pizza. It's looking kind of worth it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Is there a Pet9 as well? Yeah, he has two channels. He's got Pet9 and he's got Dad9. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, yeah they're both what kind of same. pizza are we talking, though? Oh, that's a good question. Well, welcome aboard, Ponch. It's nice to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was winning the national championship. No big deal. Right. Oh right, yeah, nice, right. nice, great. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess let's uh, let's get into today's today's stream. So, welcome back to the Fan Connection podcast. Uh, you can find us as the Fan Connection um, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also look look us up on uh, Twitch. Uh, I usually host a channel on my channel. Post the stream on my channel at SomeLazyGuy09, or you can look up uh, Birdaman and Ponch to support their channels as well. So at Birdaman and at Ponch underscore YYC. They got some fun streams going on there. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate all the support we've been receiving so far. Dad9 is honestly leaving comments on our YouTube videos. We greatly appreciate it. So if you're listening on the video, feel free to drop a comment, reply to his, uh, and just get some uh, community engagement going. Uh, but we appreciate all the support so far. And uh, even on just real quick, even on like the other things you guys listen to, or whether it's Spotify or Apple or Google Play, review is always great if you can do that. Just takes a second, and that goes a long way for us. So that'd be great if you guys can take the extra second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So any any bit of engagement goes a much further way than you than you would think. So we we appreciate any support, even just listening to us when you're at work or anywhere anywhere on the go. You can listen to our podcast. We're we're happy to just kind of be in your ears and talking so anyway let's get into today's topics we got the league updates so looking around the league what do you guys see that's i guess not most shocking but what do you guys see around the league that's going on uh well i'm just seeing basically that like the playoff races on the west side i think is much more interesting than the east side i really think the east is solidified i don't think it's going to change the west is is wild like the wild or the wild card position is up for grabs even the predators i'm so surprised that the predators are apparently like oh like they are open to trading forsberg like they want to get like they're wanting to get value for him right 
and they're in a playoff spot. So it just goes to show how not every team thinks the same. Like we, I remember yeah. way back we talked about the Rangers. They're basically mm-hmm. like battling for a playoff spot, and then they said, "Now we're going to rebuild it or retool it." And then now they took a couple of years break, and now here they are. And it looks like the Predators are going to take the same, uh, the same kind of pathway as well. So that's just what I'm seeing, and it's just it's just interesting to see how teams, different teams, different organizations think different ways, yeah, right? Like, what's that? Do we have to get hats on? I don't know. Is that is that why he went to get a? Where is he going? He's getting a hat. What is happening? What? Why are you guys putting on hats? We're getting hats on. Okay. Dad right. nine re- uh, redeemed the hats, so uh, I got my the first hat that I found in my room is a winter hat. Mon- obviously, Montreal Canadiens hat. <laughs> I was just watching. I was just talking, and you guys just both left. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right then. But I guess I'll get a hat too then. That's what I'm seeing. What are you guys seeing? Um. Oh. I think we're we're seeing the teams that actually need to that need to rebuild. They're going. We need to rebuild now. Like the Sharks are done for the year. The Oilers should be done for the year. They're almost done for the year. But um, but you those teams that like Arizona, not quite Dallas, but those bottom four teams are they're packing it in. They're gonna probably. Call up their young fellas so then they can get some NHL experience. But yeah, I, I think. And then those teams that have those like pieces to sell off to the contenders are going to start doing that right now because that's that's all I'm hearing. It's all trade buzz. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of teams honestly in the West that could sell but probably won't because they think they're going to make the playoffs. It's a very close race. Hopefully there will be teams that see that, okay, you know what, they're kind of done and they, they choose to sell. I think a team like the Ducks would be a good team that could sell a few assets towards uh, other teams that, you know, could go on a better run uh, than the Ducks and they could give more ice time to the younger players. So I think that's a team that you could see making moves like that. San Jose is one of those teams that are kind of in the middle of both. Uh, I've heard rumors that they want to just kind of keep the team the same. I heard rumors that they want to, sell some assets i remember saying they might even want to trade thomas hurdle because the trade the contract talks have a big good punch i know you're a sharks fan so i'll let you uh fill us in on the details what's what's going on in san jose and what's with thomas hurdle he said the talks are positive but there's been nothing from it so what's going on there yeah well that's i'm not surprised it takes because they want to lock him up for eight years eight years like and that's what they have been doing. San Jose has had a reputation of signing players for a long, long time. And I could see Tomas going, trying to figure out what is their plan going forward. Because he does want to win a ring. And he does want to, um, you know, he does want to compete. And right now, San Jose is just not quite in that spot right now. But if Doug Wilson, and granted though, Doug Wilson's currently on medical leave. and He's, um, I don't know who's intern GM right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tomas Hurdle waited, is just waiting for Doug Wilson to come back off medical leave to make final contract talks. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, Babel, a baby Bagelham is just talking about how they just noticed the stream title. 
And I, I found it funny because actually I was making I was making clips from uh, from last podcast on Tuesday of uh, just our, our takes and stuff about the smash and pass thing. And it just sounds so funny. Like if I if if somebody doesn't know what we were talking about, like I think I have to put a caption on front of it and say this is what smash and pass means because it's like smash and pass Carolina and you, it will be like smash and then you'll be like the consensus is we'd smash Carolina. It just sounds so funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess I'd have to figure out like a way of describing it. So maybe I'll switch the title to something a little bit different. Um, we got a question from chat though, uh, asking what they can do with Lasik's contract. Personally, I don't think there's anything they can do. They got to bite the bullet on it. Or if they really want to, they're gonna have to give away something as well. What teams are doing now is giving away a first or giving away um, mm-hmm. something like that of substance, so then the other team can take them on. Right. But I, I don't know where that what's going to go. What do you think, Ponch and Mike? So I'm just looking at it, the initial cap hit right now. If you wanted to buy Mark Edward Vlasic out, that wouldn't be... It's not out of the, the picture right now. Because the initial cap hit would be um, 3 mil, and then it'd go down to 1 mil, 4 mil, 5 mil, and then for the next four years, 1 mil. So it's not out of the picture and i could see them going maybe next year or the year after because he's still a serviceable defenseman he's just not he's just not worth what he was but if they so i've just put it on if they bought him out in 2023 the initial cap hit would be 1.4 4 5 169 nice for the next uh 3 years so they could they could um they could wait too and see cuz the only problem with Vlasic is he's got um he's got such a big contract and the no movement clause so if you did want to trade Vlasic for something you'd have to get you'd have to he'd have to a like where he's going that's why if I was gonna trade him, it'd be to Montreal. Or B, you just gotta you've just gotta wait on him. Well, real quick, what I would do. Sorry, Mike, I just saw you about to say something, but I was going to say if I was running the team, I think they're in a place where there's having some young talent come up. And I think the priority is to get the development well for those guys and make sure those guys are um on the on the right trajectory. So as hmm. that's happening, if you're assuming that the team is not gonna be that good um with these bad contracts because you're going to be losing more assets than gaining getting rid of them right probably just bite mm. the bullet let let it ride out as much as you can and then while we, as these guys get better if they start getting really good go ahead and trade what you got to do and get them to mm. get them the support they need that's what i was what i would say what about you mike uh to be honest the vlasic contract is one of the most untradeable contracts i have ever seen in the nhl <laughs> this is a contract that's not even front loaded so if you look at the john tavares tra- contract i heard uh i heard the sdpn mm-hmm. podcast talk about this or the s the steve dangle podcast anyway they they're talking about the, the john tavares contract and whether it should be traded uh the way the John Tavares contract works in the first couple of seasons, he's getting paid like $15 million. So that way, by the end of his contract, he's only really making around six. Uh, and that's for an $11 million cap hit, right? So he's mm-hmm. making, he's getting paid real, like real dollars, a lot less than what his cap hit is. So a team like Arizona, Ottawa, teams that are 
not willing to spend as much money but need to get to the cap flow a uh, cap floor that would be an interesting move for them because he's still he'd still be a serviceable player uh with a large cap hit but a low actual pay compared to his mm. cap hit but you look at i don't know who side this contract but you look at mark edward vlasic he got paid less in his first couple years so <laughs> let me let me pull it up here so i can actually explain it to you properly here but instead of trying to like ramble on and and make it up as i go so mark edward vlasic's contract right the first year it signed he only made he only made like 6.25 in base salary and 7.25 mm. total salary so he literally made what his cap hit was uh, or actually, sorry, slightly yeah. above it. Only two hundred fifty, but only two hundred fifty thousand above it, right? The year after, same thing. Only two hundred fifty thousand above. The year after, same thing, and then this year, same thing. So each year, he's only being paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars above the cap. They've only saved a million so far mm-hmm. in terms of like future the difference between his base salary and his cap hit, right? And then you keep going. Next year's the same thing. The year after that's the same thing. So by his fifth or fifth and sixth years of this contract his salary like his actual pay doesn't drop it only goes to seven and then to five and a half so it's still not a contract that a team would want to take on whereas if <clears throat> let's say san jose had structured it more intelligently now they probably did this because they don't have the money to spend like say 10 million dollars on Vlasic up front but say they had done say 10 10 seven and a half and then they go down to like five four and three mm-hmm easily tradable contract they could get off the books in two seconds arizona would be calling them begging them for that contract because they could get to the cap floor but because he's still gonna be paid what his cap it is no one wants that contract he's not worth that cap hit so the only way mm-hmm. you would have been able to trade him is if you had done a front-loaded deal which they didn't do so it's essentially an untradable contract and this brings me to the next question from chat spider-man from naruto asks vlasic or petri who goes first quite honestly Vlasic won't. Yes, because Vlasic gotta be Petri. Cannot be yeah. traded unless San Jose like cost up a first round pick. Vlasic will not and cannot be traded before the end of Petri's contract anyway. Petri's done in two years. Vlasic's done in three or four, I think four. So four, four. I mean, uh, it, it's basically whoever's contract ends first, and I, I, Petri's end first. So easily mm-hmm. Petri goes first because P- Vlasic's contract is i think one of the most untradable contracts in the nhl it just is no team wants that i played a sounds gm mode the other day or i was playing it the other day uh, letting it sim while i'm at work and for some reason mm-hmm. carolina offered me a third round pick for Vlasic. i took it in two seconds because i'm like yo you guys are you guys are so dumb have fun with this contract and i, I it's off the books mm. isn't it funny though how the perspective on players changed throughout the years after before and after contracts like Vlasic was Trouted as one of the most underrated defensemen before his contract was signed. And then now that his contract signed, I mean, he's one of the most overrated defensemen. And then uh, same thing with just other defensemen as well. Like, I, I know Christopher Tanev in the Canucks market or even around the uh, around <clears throat> the league. He was, like, trouted as one of the most underrated defensemen of all time. Like, 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 in the league. Like, that's what he was... People were saying yeah. he's, there's trade offers everywhere and rumors everywhere how underrated he was. And then he was so underrated that he got overrated, if that makes any sense. And then mm-hmm. now he's in Calgary and he's people are like, oh, this guy's like a Norris caliber defenseman. And I personally don't agree with that. But I mean, but still, like the point is the perspective changes like so yeah. much and how how quickly things can change just like that. So yeah, like yeah, I had originally thought his contract was like two years left on it. So I would have said, okay, Montreal, call him up and get a free pick because he's from here. So why not? Maybe he'll play better here. But now that I realize, now that I found out, oh no, he actually has 
like four years left at, and mm. all being paid at full salary hell no no one go after this contract please any nhl team if you're listening don't waste your money on this contract <laughs> because it's not going to save you any the only time it's ever going to save you money is in the last year of its deal but at that point why does San Jose even bother trading him unless they really want to free up cap space so mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things like it's a bad contract man and, and you and you're in california yeah. you don't need us overpay players in california i don't think do they have a high state tax in california like income tax i don't i, don't, I think it's answer? on the higher end but it's oh, not it actually like, crazy the thing though was it was signed in 2017 so yeah in the context of signing him it was right after the cup run so he would have been what through 29 maybe 29 sound about right that's already a bad deal though you're paying him for the worst part of his career but then he's also what like the highest paid defensemen are always right-handed and right side defensemen and san jose has all three so at the time it would have made sense because a 29 year old Vasek, we just hit the cup. Brent Burns got paid, and you didn't want to break up because we didn't have Carlson yet. That was the that was the thing because you had two great defensemen, and then the core yeah. was okay. So it would have made sense to pay to overpay Vlasic and Burns, and even Burns right now. Burns right now is in overpayment, overpayment. but at the time it's it works. It works. But then you picked up Carlson. So you have three overpaid defensemen. Yeah. But also, Carlson was, at the time, just coming off in, in, um, injuries. And the trade, we we gave up Josh Norris' pit, first pick. And it wouldn't... And to lose Carlson would have just been... Um, it would just would have been terrible. Because we gave up so much. Well, not so much, but... If we didn't sign him, it wouldn't have made sense. So, like, looking at it now, they they don't need these players to be the 7 mil players that they used to be. You want them to just put up points. And, and Brent Burns is doing that. Vlasic can be there to mentor the young guys. Pair him up. Merkley's still on the young side. Pair him up with Merkley. It'd be good to have a puck-moving defenseman and Vasek, who's solid on the defensive end. But yeah, it's yeah. the... We'll see, because some of the old guard is moving away, because Redeem Simic isn't getting the playing time he used, he used to get. Mario Ferraro is going to be a fairly good defenseman coming up. He's just injured. Same with Carlson. Carlson's still a great defenseman, great person you can learn off of. He's just injured. Yeah, he's been playing through a lot of injuries lately in his career too. Like, I th- I think Eric Carlson, honestly, because I haven't been fantasy hockey and he's been riding my my IR for a while now, but when he's in the lineup, he's been honestly solid. Like, he's not. We already know he's not good defensively. Never has been. Uh, the difference mm-hmm. is in San Jose. They don't they don't give him someone like Mark Mathot to make up for his mistakes, right? So mm-hmm. in, in in Ottawa, he's able to pinch, be super aggressive all the time, always offense, right? But in San Jose. He can't because he doesn't have... Well, he still tries to, but he can't be as effective at it because he doesn't have the likes of Mark Mathot behind him. I think they mm-hmm. tried pairing him with Mario Ferrara at one point, but he's also injured. Uh, and I think Shimmick... Honestly, I think Shimmick would be the best 
matchup for him in my opinion but that's just my opinion and and obviously i'm I'm not a coach so i i don't i, I don't want to <laughs> claim to know better but that would be my match just because i like the way they would complement each other uh because shimmy can still skate too like, he's a pretty solid skater it seems so he could definitely make up for some gaps in carlson's game uh with his skating and his positioning so <laughs> it's unfortunate that carlson's injured uh, i think if he didn't get that ankle injury and play through it for ottawa and then sit through then like get injured and now he can barely skate compared to what he used to right so it, it sucks that Carlos is unable to play the way he used to play mm. but you know uh san jose really overpaid for the the image of carlson so and it's unfortunate yeah. but someone someone was gonna do it and san jose was the team to do so mm. uh do you guys want to move on to uh, a different topic do you guys want to talk about any other teams in the in the league or do you guys want to move on to to uh batman in the nhl Smash what, pass? Do you want to smash or pass? I'm kind of down for the Batman first because smash or pass does take a while. So I want to make sure we get the Batman, the Batman done. All right, let's okay. do it. I don't have any uh, special graphics today because I I did work on the overlay instead. I felt like that was a priority. Um, mm-hmm. But guys, let us hear. What, who are your picks for Batman? And I guess you did. You guys do Robin or Joker? I did, um, so I made my, okay, I kind of forgot what I did. Actually, no, I know I, I know what I did. So for Batman, I picked, uh, I picked Stamkos, okay? Because uh, I think uh, if you look at how his, his facial structure is, it's, the jawline fits, okay? The jawline fits, and he's a leader, so he knows, he knows what to do, right? He knows how to get the things done. And uh, for the villain, I made my villain uh vasileski as the joker and the main reason why i did that is because of his hair and it's already joker like so you could just dye it green and his smile is a good smile but i mean it's a you know it looks a little bit like the joker smile so i think that's what that's why i did that that's fair ponchi what do do you have um i picked as my batman timo meyer i think timo meyer represents both sides of batman He's got the sleek, like, Bruce Wayne down, drives fancy sports cars, drinks espresso from tiny cups. and But then at night, just like, just like Batman, on the ice, he delivers. He's carrying the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for my, for Bane, I'd, wanna, I'd want Marty St. Louis, but what? just like his thighs. Oh my god. Get what out of what here. in the world? Bane, that, Bane that cannot be five foot six, okay? So yeah, I also I picked Bane, and I think my Bane is a solid pick. I chose Tom Wilson. That guy is a literal truck out there. I was trying to put Joker, but he's not skinny enough to be Joker, so I took I took Bane instead. Uh that guy is trucking out there, he's just beating people up and he's laughing doing it. He's having a good time. Uh and then in terms of my superhero, it was kind of hard to pick a player. Uh, but I picked Nick Suzuki because he's my favorite player, and I picked him as Robin. I didn't pick him as Batman. So I don't have a Batman for me. I picked Robin and Bane because those Suzuki. are two guys. I, I, I like Suzuki a lot, and I don't see him as Batman just yet in his career. Maybe he's like teenage Batman, if if you will. Like He's like the teenage version of Batman, and he'll soon become Batman. So if you guys have seen the show Gotham, he's like that yeah. kid growing up, right? So that that would be Suzuki, and then... Uh, Bane is Tom Wilson because that guy just torments everybody, or maybe even Kingpin. Uh, but I don't think he's in Batman. So, 
Kingpin? Uh, no, you know, he's, he's in, he's in Spider Man and Marvel and yeah. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. But, but chat, real quick, are you? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, chat. Let us hear your votes for who has the best picks for Batman slash Robin uh, characters. So like, it could be Bane. It, so I obviously I had Bane as uh, Tom Wilson and Suzuki as Robin. Uh, Ponchi, who are your picks again? My uh, my Batman was Timo Meyer, and my Bane was Marty St. Louis thighs. Right, right. <laughs> and then Berta? Yeah, so I had Stamkos as Batman. And just think about it, guys. Think about the mask on. Okay, you can see his jawline and what's perfect. And then I have um, Vasilevsky as the Joker. Okay, the hair fits. The smile is good. That's it, It's the perfect casting. And then mm. I saw in chat, uh, Spider-Man from Naruto made, a, made his own, uh, made their own choice. And I kind of like their choice as well. Nicola Delore as Batman. And Curtis McDermott as Bane. So we got two goons in there. I would like to see I, someone maybe a bit more popular than Nicola Deloria as Batman. But <laughs> I do like Nicola Deloria, so I could see your pick. I could see your pick. He's a strong guy. You, can you know, you know what, though? I actually like your uh, Suzuki pick as Robin. Like, yeah, he actually fits. Like, I can right? just see yeah. him as Robin. Right? Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> or like Caulfield. Caulfield would be a fun Robin. Caulfield, yeah. yeah. Caulfield would be a good one. He could be a good Robin, too, actually. Are you, uh, are you guys watching it this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna go see it on Friday. I think. I think I'm, I'm seeing it tonight, man. Oh yeah, you excited? Oh, I'm so excited, man! I can, I cannot contain myself. <laughs> I've heard so many good things about it. I'm excited for it, but I'm more excited for uh, for uh, Multiverse of Madness. To be honest with you, yeah, because I'm yeah, a huge yeah. Marvel guy. I've never really been much Same. a DC guy. I mm-hmm. I I haven't found many of their movies that good, uh, including. Uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Those were a bit of a, oh, a it's mess. horrible. Those were honestly. A mess. The- this first Suicide Squad was honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I, it made I no was sense. On the hill. It made zero sense. It was just horrible on every level. I will never get over that. Like I, mm. I was, I spent fifteen bucks to go see it, and I'll never get that time and money back. Yep. No, exactly. The the best thing that came out of that sound uh, out of that movie was some of the songs from the soundtrack. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, what song was it? The, the the really good one there that everyone was into. I don't even remember. I remember but uh, I liked Har- I liked Harley Quinn though. And yeah, she was good. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But other than that, that's about it. And then this, what did you guys think of the second one? Second one, the I didn't mind. One? Yeah, it, that one's actually not that bad. I mean, it was, it was like, still the, pretty bad. Was it a remake it was okay. or? Hmm? Was it a remake? It was kind of like a reboot. It was a like sequel. it's like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I like that one. That one was a lot better. It was all right. Like I, I definitely would take that if I had to take one of them. I'd pick the second one. Over yeah, the there's one. a there's a G Easy song called "You and I," I think, and there's another one as well that was pretty solid. It was with uh, Imagine Dragons, I think. That was a that was a pretty good song. Uh, but anyway, let's oh, move on. Yeah. Let's move on to Smash or Pass Western Conference Edition. Uh, so, guys, basically, what Smash or Pass is, right? Because I, I, I feel like it's important. <laughs> To explain it, because you're yeah. probably sitting here wondering what what Smasher Pass, what are these guys talking about? So how it works is we look at the top three teams from each conference. So we already did the Eastern Conference. Sorry, the top three teams from each division. We already did the Eastern Conference. Now we're doing the West. And essentially, we look at each of the top three from each division, and we say, okay, would we swipe right or left on them? To win the Stanley Cup, to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup, would we believe that they could win it? So, for example, last stream, we all agreed that Toronto is a pass for us. We all decided not to smash. We decided to pass on Toronto because we don't believe in their core, 
right? Or we don't believe in what they're doing. Uh, whereas we all agreed unanimously to smash Carolina because we think they could win the cup. So we call it a smash. Hopefully you guys get that. I understand that. I, I think that's a pretty good explanation compared to how it was last time. I kind of we kind of just went, we kind of just went with it last time. Didn't really talk about it. But anyway, the first team that I want to talk about, and Ponch, you'll start. Then it'll be better than me. Um, so the first team I want to talk about is the Colorado Avalanche. I don't know why I said it so weirdly, but Ponchi, would you smash or pass the Colorado Avalanche? Smash if they added. I think they. Their top six is good. All right, it's it's fantastic actually. I think they they need a couple like small pieces here and there. Maybe Ricardo Kell if the the Ducks want to uh, sell him off. I think they they need like a fourth line grinder just to help solidify those last two lines. Uh, yeah, like just like how Tampa Bay got Barkley Goodrow. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, I think, yeah, definitely smash on, on uh, Colorado. I actually have them as my favorites in the West. I think their offense is as good as Florida's offense, like, like how we were talking about them in the East. And uh, they actually got good goaltending now. And I think what's going to be the key thing here is if Kadri can stay in the lineup in the playoffs. If he can stay in the lineup, like even playing half the way he's playing in the season... I, I don't see a team that can beat the Colorado Avalanche this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with uh, with you, Berta. I I think Colorado Avalanche are too good. Like, they're too good of a team for me to pass on. So I, I'm definitely smashing Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche. I love their defense. Honestly, Bowen Byram's going to take some more strides this season, even next season. But you look at their defense. You got Kale McCarr. And they're at Devontae. So that's almost enough for me right there because I really like those two defensemen. But they got a lot more than just that. Like, obviously, Kill McCarr is probably the best offensive defenseman in the league, let's be honest, because he mm-hmm. gives up so many points. He drives offense. He drives plays. He knows what he's doing. He's a great player. Uh, so I really like him. But if you look at the rest of their defense, right, you got Sam Girard, who's another good offensive defenseman. Uh, you got Eric Johnson playing a solid depth role. His contract role, his contract's almost up as well. So that's a big cap it coming out the books. You can probably re-sign him for a lot less than what he's making. Uh, Ryan Murray, they've really re- rehabilitated his career. Um, Curtis McDermott and Jack Johnson as depth guys. You know, Jack Johnson with his brother Eric. I think they're brothers. Um, that's a pretty solid decor right there. I, I'm I'm more than happy with that decor. Like that's more than effective for me. They're all decently sized players as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm all in on the Colorado Avalanche defense. Their offense speaks for itself. I mean, Miko Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Burakovsky, Landeskog, Nishushkin. Uh, you can go on and on. Tyson Jost, like this, that's a good offense, man. Logan O'Connor's having a good season, uh, and the Nets. This is the one flaw for me. Their goaltending. I had, so I had Darcy Kemper in fantasy hockey, and that guy started the season off terribly. Then he gets injured, so I'm like, all right, screw this. I drop him. I drop him. He gets picked up by someone else, and now he starts playing lights out. So he seems very <laughs> shaky so far this season. He's been very good lately, but I don't know if I trust that. I don't know if I, I trust that. I think you have that. vendetta against him. No, 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 no. I don't have think- that vendetta against him. <laughs> I, I like Darcy Camper. I want him to succeed. I, I held on to him as long as I could. But <clears throat> Hey, but um, he has a 9-19 this season. Exactly. That's, but that's what I'm trying to say. He's been so good lately, but before yeah. that... 
it was it was not looking pretty. So well, you'd rather have him peak now rather than peak early in the season and then just completely drop off. Right. That's but, true. But what I'm getting at is that he's pretty sh- he can be pretty hot and cold, right? So mm-hmm. I know that's pretty common with goalies, but if he gets cold in the playoffs and your goalie's Pavel Francouz behind him, <laughs> you ain't winning the cup. No man. Pavel Francouz slander. No, no hate to Pavel Francouz. He's a great backup First it was Vajelmich. What's his name? Vajmelka. Vajmelka. What am I saying? I don't know what you're going to say, but it's okay. No, fair though. That is fair. Of course, goaltending is the mm. biggest thing in mm. in the playoffs, I think. And we've seen it for so many, even just in recent times, we've seen literally just goalies take over the series. And that comes down to the most important thing in the series, right? And the offense is obviously immaculate. The defense is great. Every team would want both the mm. offense or defense. And But uh, yeah, I guess you're right. If there is one question mark, I would I would say that more than the offense or defense. Yeah. yeah. And, and even in the comments, Patrap makes a good... Uh, Patrap House uh, makes a good uh, comment here saying, can this have stay healthy, right? They seem to have an issue over the last few years of not staying healthy, especially when it comes to playoff time. I think this year is going to be different. I think they're going to stay healthy. Like McKinnon's already, McKinnon's got his injury out of the way. I think Rantanen did as well. They're getting their injuries out of the way early in the season. They've been injured all season. So I think by playoff time, they'll be yeah. nice and healthy, ready to go. Nathan McKinnon's got a vendetta. He wants to win a cup. I think I think they're more than set. To, to make a run this year. I, I think it's their time. So let's move on to the next team here. Uh, Bert, I'll let you start us off on this one. Sure. So right behind the Colorado, wow, Colorado Avalanche is the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they kind of came out of nowhere because they were slowly chugging along earlier in a wild card spot, just outside of a wild card spot. And now all of a sudden, second place in the division, a 660 point percentage. With 70 points in 53 games. There's still 14 points back of the Colorado Avalanche because Colorado is just not fair. They're already at 84 mm-hmm. points. But St. Louis, smash or pass? I, I'm thinking smash as well for them. Uh, I do like the Blues a lot. I would say, actually, how we were talking about the goaltending for um, the Avalanche, I would say that for the Blues. The thing is, I, I just don't trust Bennington. I just don't. Like, I, the same kind of fantasy thing that you were talking about. He does play good, but then he does also mess up a lot as well. And that's that's tough. It's good they have Billy Husso, though, as their, as their backup. Because he's been actually pretty decent when he has been in. But having Tarasenko back in the lineup has been huge. And he hasn't missed a beat, I don't think. He's been so good this year. And they have Buchnevich as well who um, has really just broken out here in St. Louis, I think. Uh, like, he always had that potential, but this year he's been doing very, very well in St. Louis. It's a good fit. Um, I don't think there's as strong as as Colorado, but they are a really good team. They're, I do like their defense. I think their main thing is definitely the goaltending, which might be a hot take, but I, I don't know, man. I've seen Bennington mess up so many times, whether it's been the playoffs or the seasons. I, I, yeah, I've, just seen, I've seen too much out of him. Yeah, that's fair. And honestly, uh, Vili Husso does have to come back to earth at some point. He's been playing insanely. I have him in fantasy hockey. His save percentage over the last couple weeks or month, I should say, is pretty insane. Like, here, let me show, let me get you guys his save percentage real quick here. Ponchia, if you want to do your take on the St. Louis Blues, now's your chance. I'll pull up the stats real quick. Yeah, um, I say pass because I don't. I don't see anything crazy with them. 
Like Ryan O'Reilly's been solid. Tarasenko's having a good year. Um, Pavel Buchnevich, he, he's playing fairly well too. But who's the rest? Oh, Cairo. I forgot about Cairo. Even I forgot about him. <laughs> but he's been really good. He's been really good. But um, their defense is a little lacking. I like Falk is really good. And Perienko is pretty good. But aside from that, I could see them going after Ben Sherrod or John Klingberg to hopefully fix those problems. But the only thing is they only have 22K in cap. So that would mean having to move Brandon Saad or just somebody to make that work. And I just don't see them dismantling to maybe win a cup. Yeah, and... So to to, anyway, to to reiterate, uh, they're a pretty solid team for at least for me. I I like the St. Louis Blues. I'm smashing the Blues because I think they're built for the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I like Ryan O'Reilly down the middle. He's a playoff performer. I like Brandon Saad. He could also he's also known to perform in the playoffs. David Perron, I like him. Uh, Kairu, Robert Thomas, uh, Buchnevich as well. That's a big body in there for the playoffs. I like those forwards. I'm not a fan of their defense. I'm not a huge fan of Tori Kruger. I, I don't like what he brings. I just don't. I don't know why. Not He's bad defensively. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not a fan of Tori Krug. Nor am I a big fan of Justin Falk, but I really like Colton Parekos. I like what he brings to the table. Mm. I know they have Marco Scandella on, on depth defense. Robert Bertuzzo, get rid of that guy. He's literally just a penalty machine. I watched the game against Montreal between St. Louis and Montreal. We're, we're, uh, I think Montreal either... Yeah, I think Montreal won that game. But Robert Bertuzzo, every time he's on the ice, I'm like, I could tell right away, all right, he's about to take a penalty. I literally called it twice <laughs> that game that he would take a penalty before it happened. I'm watching the game, like, he's about to take a penalty. Goes in front of the net, cross-checks a guy, oh, penalty. Next play, trips a guy, oh, penalty right there. I called it right before it happened. And then I'm like, oh, he's on the ice, we score. Because guess what? He loses his coverage. That guy is a liability defensively. He's just in the NHL because he's big and he can hit and he can fight. That's why he's in the NHL. I, I can already tell. He's, don't get me wrong. He's way more skilled than I am. He's more skilled than I could ever hope for in hockey. So I'm not taking anything away from him. He's making he's making big money playing in the NHL. That guy can laugh at me all he wants. I don't care. But I think he's a liability for your team. In my humble opinion, I think he's a liability on your team. When he's out there, you know the other team's probably going to score or he's going to take a penalty. So unless you're using for the playoffs where cross-checking is legal and you can do whatever you want to other teams, he's still a liability. He's still going to take penalties. He's still going to lose his coverage on the D zone. He's still going to let goals in on your own net. So <laughs> I think if you can replace Bortuzzo and you can upgrade one of the guy on your defense to complement Krug, Falk, and Pareko, they're a sure, sure team to, to go on a nice run this playoffs. I, I have a feeling. Uh, I think Jordan Bennington, if Billy Husso comes down to earth, I think Jordan Bennington will step up. I just, I just know he will. It's playoff Bennington. He'll step up if he has to. <laughs> Uh, so I'm definitely smashing the Blues. And as I was going to say, I, I think I forgot to say it, Vili Husso in 21 games, but only 20 games started because he came in relief one of those games, uh, one of those 21 games, he's a 931 save percentage. That's insane. Yeah, the only other guy crazy. in the league really above mm. him is Chesterkin, who's playing on another tier right now. Mm-hmm. So the Blues are getting insane goaltending right now. Uh, so, Yeah. It's it's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I think they're built for the playoffs. I like their coach. Uh, I think it's Craig Berube, their coach. I like him. So I think they have a chance to go on a nice run here if if the stars align for them a little bit. 
Next up, third in their division. So third in the central division is the Minnesota Wild. I kind of just talked a lot. So Ponchi, I'll let you start it off. So I, I like the Wild. The Wild are very solid. I think they do make um, a trade attempt for Tomas Hurdle or Jack Roslovic, maybe even Cal Yarncroc or Ricard Bakel because they, they've got a little bit of cap right now, so they can definitely take on a playoff rental to hopefully get them over the top. Dumba's, I think he's on the IR, so he'll be coming back soon. Um, I like Goudreau. He's been playing well. Kirill Capriz. Yeah, Capriz, isn't he like... He's up there in points. He's he's had an underrated year, and nobody's been talking about yeah. him enough. Um. Aside from that, though, I really like I really like them. Foligno's been playing fairly well, and the tandem of is it Talbot and who's the other person behind him? Cap or uh, what's Cap Kaepernick? Kaepernick? Kaponen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He's been <laughs> playing really well. But uh, we're going to play a quick game here. Uh, who makes more? <laughs> Is it this player or the Parise Sutter contract? So I'm okay. going to throw out a player. Do they make more? Yes or no? So, as Damkos, do they make more than the combined contracts? Stamkos, does he make more than Prize Suda? Uh, yeah, the two contracts combined. Oh, no, he does not. No chance. They make no. The two contracts combined is like 10. 20 mil, million. isn't it? it Wait, no, how much is it total? Wait. Okay, we'll, yeah, we'll that's going to ruin the game. Yeah. What about Carey Price? Does he make more than the Prize no. Sutter contract? No. Eric no. Carlson? No, it's like $15 million. No. Mm. No. Yeah, okay. So it is. 4.8, which is about 15. So now's the time to go in for a playoff run because you're not bogged down by the Prize Sutter contract, which is ridiculous. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah wait, how much, I, is the, how much were they signed for, though? Prize Sutter? Like, I, I forgot they got bought out, but what was like the uh, initial contract? If you can remember. Um, I'll bring it up. But yeah, no, I think I'd smash on the Minnesota Wild if they take the steps now. Right. Uh, I yeah. I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with you here. I am majorly passing on the Minnesota Wild, okay? And I will talk about a couple things here. So number one, they are really, really slipping here. They've now they've won three of their last seven. They've lost four in a row. Um, that that central division is gonna change quite a bit. I think that that one is pretty wild. But um, if you just look at the the way their lineup is constructed, you have Kaprizov, which is great. He's probably gonna be the best player in any game you're gonna play, right? Uh, I think in any any matchup, he's probably gonna be the best player or at least one of them, right? And um, that's great. But the thing with that is the way this team plays is Kirill actually just drags these guys in the fight. Like he makes his line mates better. But then he's not playing on every line, right? Like, you have a second-line center of Frederick Goudreau. Every other team's second-line center is probably going to outplay him. Even Montreal. Ryan Hartman. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Hartman as your number one center is 
kind of tough. I'm just saying, like, any other matchup in the playoffs, they're probably going to get a better top six or better matchup. Um, the third line, I actually think, is a pretty decent third line in terms of just third lines. But then on defense, you got John Merrill and Kalen Addison. I don't even know who Kalen Addison is. Maybe I'm just fully disrespecting him. But he's, a, he's a prospect. He's a prospect? Okay. The guy from Pittsburgh. Um, okay, yeah. And then you have Dumba for I don't know how long. And having Cam Talbot in net, I... I would pass on Cam Talbot. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I was, he is. A, he, I think he's going to get outplayed by the other goalies in the series, whatever series it is. So that's what I think about mm. Minnesota. Um, that being said, though, they do have some good guys coming up. Like Boldy's obviously going to be good. Kaprizov's going to be good for a long time. He signed for um, I don't know how long, but he is. He just signed his contract, so he's going to be there for a while. And they can build around corner pieces like that. They still have Dumba for a bit, and I think they still have Spurgeon for a bit too. So. Hmm. They're not done, but I think for this year, for sure, I would I would pass on them. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to pass on the Wild as well. Um, I actually like the way they play. They played against Montreal, and they absolutely destroyed us. And watching the game, I was like, wow, this is what really good hockey looks like. Uh, this was before St. Louis took over, though. So this was still under the right way. But I was watching the Wild game. I was like, wow, this is, this is what good hockey looks like. Like, non-boring, dump and chase, and system hockey. Hmm. And then... So now we have the new coach, and it's a bit more entertaining for the Habs. But anyway, the point is, I was, the Wild looked good. But, I mean, they looked good against a Montreal team under Ducharme, who was, let's be honest, not a very good coach yet for the league. He's not ready. But that being said, I don't think the Minnesota Wild have the depth offensively or defensively to go on a cup run, nor do I think their goalie is good enough. So, yes, I think Cam Talbot's a solid goalie. He puts up decent numbers. He's playing pretty well this year. And he gives them a chance to win every night. But when it comes to the playoffs, mm. that eliminate half the competition's already gone, right? A bunch of teams are already out. Now you're in the top 16. I don't think Cam Talbot contends as well against the top 16 teams as goalies compared to the entire league's goalies, right? So I think he's still a solid goalie in the NHL. But once you get to the top tier teams, he's no longer one of the better goalies. He's now on the lower, if not the lowest, spectrum of goaltending. So... For me, the Wild don't have a good enough goalie. I think their offense needs more depth because let's be frank, Ryan Hartman and uh, Marcus Foligno before Kirill Kaprizov were, let's say, third liners, fringe third liners. Well, actually, Marcus Foligno was a bit better, but Ryan Hartman was like barely in the NHL. And then all of a sudden he plays with Kirill Kaprizov, starts to put up crazy numbers. It's like, okay, well, you've boosted Ryan Hartman's value. Good job. But maybe trade him while his value is super high. Acquire someone who's actually better than him will get even better with Kirill Kaprizov. So that's that's my opinion there. Um, but it's it's still it's still a little ways off for me. I, I think they uh, mm. I think they have a little bit of ways to go here in terms of being a superstar contending team. I like Dumba. I like Brodeen. I actually like Kalen Addison. Uh, so their decor is definitely coming along. But I think they need like one more piece to make that decor truly a contending decor. Uh, but their offense needs help. Like they need more depth offensively. I like Eriksonek. I like Fiala. And obviously, Kirill Kaprizov and Boldy that were listed before, but I think they need more. Like, you can't have Victor Rask, Frederick Goudreau, Ryan Hartman, and Marcus Foligno in your top six and be okay mm-hmm. with it. So, there's definitely some help that's needed. But, you know what? They're coming along. The, the new GM's making his own impact on the team, and they've been improved since then. So, hopefully, by next year, they'll have an even more improved team, and they'll be true contenders. So, I'd like to smash, but not just yet. I'm going to hold off. <laughs> that sounds really um, weird, but 
That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> With that, uh, I know there's like a bunch of other teams to go. I think you guys can go three left, at yeah. least seven more teams. Three more? Yeah, only three oh, more. Yeah, Calgary, more. LA, and Vegas. Oh, I thought you were going to do the wildcard ones as well. I guess we but, should, eh? We'll do Nashville and Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to get going, though. But you guys carry mm-hmm. on. I'll, I'll be uh, listening to see what you guys say. But um, yeah, I got some things to attend to. But chat. For sure. Thanks feel for having me, guys. I'll talk to you guys later, right? Feel free to drop that host. <laughs> it's already hosting. I oh, think it's broken, go. man. All set. I don't know why it doesn't show up. Even for Ponch, did it show up for you earlier? Mine, I think mine did. I don't know. Well, because Ponch But that uh, was because off raid, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's okay, anyway. Oh, well. I'll see you guys later. All right, we'll hey. see you later. All right, Ponch. I'll start us off here. How- oh, actually... It's the Calgary Flames. You should start us off. What do you think of the Calgary Flames Smasher Pass? I already know my opinion. What do you think, though? I've got a, I've got Smash, but I think, I think they need to learn from what happened when they played against the Colorado Avalanche. It's fairly close to that team, but I really like how all three lines will produce. And they've got a good mix. I just think when they were playing the the Colorado, oh my God, Colorado Avalanche the first time around, you had these young pieces, Dubé and Manjipani, that just yeah. weren't quite ready yet to face Colorado. And then you, the goaltending was suspect. Yep. But I think now they're they're looking like proper contenders. Their goaltending looks really good. Their defense, they, I think they might make a defensive acquisition like at the trade deadline to boost them. Uh, they've got three lines that play really well. Um, yeah, and then I could see, uh, I could see him calling up uh, Peltier for for the playoffs. You think he's ready? And he's got he's got forty three games in forty one or forty three points in forty one games. So even if he doesn't. Uh, shine at least he's got some playoff experience just like what the canadians did with uh cole caulfield last year yeah yeah and so this in the ahl or in the uh in the w or like chl in the ahl wow that's impressive. he's on stockton that's impressive check. then yeah he's, he's putting up good numbers against older guys too it's not against younger players from the chl so that's mm. that's very impressive for him um I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to smash the uh, Calgary Flames here. I, I think they are a true contender. I think they're almost going to be better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, which is kind of crazy because if you think about it, they have a 32-14-6 record with a 673 points percentage for first in the Pacific. So like that's already really good. They still have three games in hand on the second-place team, two games in hand mm-hmm. on, the third, on the third-place team. So, like... They already have a nice lead. They have, they're five points up on the second place team with two games in hand. Or sorry, three games in hand on them. So they're in a really good position here. Uh, they're mm-hmm. tied with St. Louis. So ideally they could move up, move up, move up and slowly start getting into the Colorado territory of points. Nine and one in their last 10. A plus 57 goal differential. They just acquired Tyler Toffoli who's a point per game for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to add one more piece on the blue line. And I'm, I think they're going to be a contender. They have Mark Schmanetz, who's already proven he can carry a team in the playoffs. You got Tyler Toffoli, who's proven he can be a really good playoff performer in Montreal and in Vancouver. They already have mm. Kachuk, Goudreau. Uh, they have, uh, sorry, Elias Lindholm. 
I think their defense is still lacking for me. I, I'm not a huge fan of Rasmus Anderson as being one of my top defensemen. I don't know why. I, I don't watch Calgary that closely. Maybe he's taking a lot of strides since I last paid closer mm. attention to them. But I think if they could improve their defense, that'd be really, really good for them. Like Noah Hannafin. Who is it again? They have, they have Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin. Rasmus Anderson. Uh, Oliver Killington. Uh, yeah. Zadorov. Zadorov, Michael Stone, and Eric Branson. Like, oh, actually, Chris bad. Tanev, though. I like Chris Tanev. So, and Tanev, yeah, yeah. So you have Tanev, Anderson. That's a decent, like, one-two punch, but neither one of them is a true number one right-handed defenseman. Then you got mm. Hannafin with Shillington, right? Those are your two left guys. Neither one of those mm. guys are a true number one guy, right? Like a true top two unit guy. And then your third unit's uh, essentially Michael Stone, Good Branson, and Zadorov, like a combination of those three guys. So I, I think their third pairing's fine. Like I don't mind Zadorov, I don't mind Good Branson, I don't like I don't mind Michael Stone. But if you can improve and drop maybe Hannafin or Shillington down to the third unit and improve your number one unit, I think you're set. I think Calgary's I think set. that's what's gonna happen. That's what needs to happen. I'm just worried though that Calgary requires Ben Sherratt thinking he's gonna be that. When he's really not. He his numbers were not even that good in the playoffs last year when he was on Montreal. Mm. His underlying numbers were terrible. Uh, everyone just thinks he was really good because he was out there. He was and he looked physical. So everyone he passed the eye test, but the true numbers did not speak highly of Ben Schrott last season. So mm. I think uh, I think if Calgary makes that move, that's a mistake. I think they should acquire someone different, someone not Ben Schrott for their top unit, because that wouldn't help them. Unless you know what, Daryl Sutter, if Daryl Sutter can get Ben Schrott playing a really good hockey, and I think Ben Schrott suits a systems game, and if you can get him playing the right way, Ben Schrott can be very effective. When Ben Schrott's not trying to be that uh, punch-in-the-face, physical cross-check guy, when he's just trying to play Ben Schrott hockey, he's actually a very effective defenseman. The numbers mm. prove that the, earlier this season. But as soon as he regresses back to the, I'm going to just punch you and cross-check you and not even skate, that's when you lose Ben Sherratt. So Yeah, I'd like Klingberg in Calgary. I don't think it happened mm -hmm. because Calgary's already so tight on cap, but a stay-at-home defenseman that can also move the puck would be... I think they want... Calgary needs somebody that's, that just does enough. They don't want him to do too much because you, your forwards are already so dynamic. Almost like so Brett Kulak. Would have been So nice. if you... <laughs> If you have a stay-at-home defenseman that just moves the puck, gets it to Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk, you're you're in a good spot. Yeah, and and for those of you who don't understand the joke, uh, Brett Kulak was uh, taken from uh, Calgary by Montreal, and he's still in Montreal, and he's made a really good name for himself there. That's a good steal from Montreal. I I like Ben Schrod. He's one of the most underrated defenseman on the team he he moves the puck almost as, as effectively as petrie at times so it'd be nice it'd be nice if calgary had him on their team because i think he'd be a really really good fit for them uh but you know what maybe if they uh call montreal up and say hey we want brett kulak back maybe there's a maybe there's a way that could happen but regardless yeah. of the regardless of anything i think calgary's a really good systems team they're built for the playoffs. I know they don't have like a true number one defenseman, but the way their decor is built is very solid, mm. very well rounded. I think they can still win by committee. So that's why I'm still all in on the Calgary Flames for a chance yeah. at the Cup from the West. I think they, I think they could be the team out of the West. I really do, uh, especially with Markstrom back there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Spider from Naruto comments, 
Uh, if the flame, uh, sorry, this is Patrap. <laughs> if the flames get Sharat, I will jump off a very tall bridge. Uh, I might join you. I might join you for, just because I'd feel so guilty that they'd give up a first or a really good prospect like Jacob Peltier or the likes of Ben Sharat. I'd feel really guilty for that. Uh, Spire from Nathor says, uh, Sharat is a defensive grinder. He gets dirty, but it's not needed in Calgary with Lucic already there. Uh, if Calgary wants to clean house after the playoff, I can see them grabbing Klingberg by any means necessary. That's definitely possible, but I don't think Calgary's mm. going to make any crazy changes. I think Brad True Living really likes the team he's built, so I don't see them making any crazy, crazy moves there. Let's move on to the next team. The second place wildcard team. This might surprise you. Who do you think it is? I might have already spoken. It. it is the Kings. It is the Kings. Uh, they yeah. do have they they have played more games, so they've played one more game than the Golden Knights, but they have a point advantage over them. Uh, so the LA Kings are in second in the Pacific. If they were in the Central, uh, they would also they'd be tied for third, but would probably drop down to a wild card spot because they've played so many more games than those teams. The Kings are 29, 19, and seven with a 5.91 points percentage at 65 points. They're among the, one of the worst teams in terms of their goal differential that are in, in a playoff spot. Uh, every team in the East has an above plus 25. Every team in the West, other than LA, has above plus 18. Um, so LA is sitting at a plus 5. That's not great, but they're 7-3 and three in the last 10. They've definitely improved their game. Uh, punch. Smash or pass? Yeah. Pass, 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 pass. Yeah. Pass. I'm joining you it's on that. It's a pass. Yeah. No chance I'm no chance I'm joining in on that team. No. The only way they could ever make a run for it is if uh, Phil Dano plays defensively like a god once again. And you know what I think the LA Kings should do for me to truly what? smash? I think they should go out and acquire Thomas Tatar from the New Jersey Devils. They'll probably give them to you. And Brandon Gallagher from the Montreal Canadiens. Reunite <laughs> the legendary line that... Honestly, Mark Bergeron, this was probably the best thing he's ever done as a Montreal Canadiens GM, was get those three guys and allow Claude Julien to put them together. They were the best line in hockey the entire time they were there in terms of advanced analytics at plus five, uh, sorry, at five on five in every category other than the perfection line in Boston. They were always uh, interchanging between first and like six because it's the top six players, right? Those six skaters on those two lines were constantly interchanging with each other. Gallagher would be first one week. Bergeron would be first the other week. The entire time, Dano, Gallagher, and Tatar were together. The re I don't know why they got split up in the playoffs. I couldn't tell you. I think that was a stupid move. But anyway, that is what it is. Uh, Lekkinen did fill the role nicely. But I don't know why every time we got to the playoffs, Tatar would be out of the first line, even though the numbers support him being there. Um, mm -hmm. I think if LA makes that move, and it wouldn't cost you too much. I mean, Gallagher would cost you a lot. But Thomas Tatar would not cost you that much money. I think if you made those moves and you acquired that line, put them back together, and maybe instead of Tatar, you leave Victor Arvitz in there because he seems to fit that role yeah. pretty nicely. But instead of Trevor Moore, you have Brennan Gallagher. Oh my God, you know what? Maybe I'll give you a chance, LA. Maybe I'll give you a chance because they could just maybe do something. Drew Doughty, playoff Drew Doughty is always something special. Uh, playoff Quick is also capable of stealing quite a few games for you. Uh, so I think if LA were to make some interesting moves but creative moves they could definitely make their way slowly to maybe my, my one night stand list but as is right now there's no I, chance i have well if like you should be beating the other teams in your conference fairly well 
But there are times where I could say, or I could see Vancouver beating LA. I could see Anaheim beating LA. I could be. I could see San Jose beating LA. So, if you want to cement yourself as the second, I think they're just really hot right now, which is it. Just it's good for them. But I could see them on any given night losing to those three teams, and San Jose's broken and injured. Vancouver's still trying to. They're clawing their way for a wild card spot. And who's the other team I just chirped? Anaheim. Um, Anaheim still definitely. I think Anaheim has a better core than than LA right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I disagree with that. I think I think LA is in a better spot than Anaheim. I think Anaheim has better better rookies in some ways, but I think LA has a stronger core right now. Like in the current day, I think LA is a strong core. Just because Drew Doughty is still a really good defenseman, Kopitar is still Kopitar. And for that reason alone, I don't think Anaheim's able to compete because they don't have the star power. And LA has a bit more depth because they spent a lot of money this offseason. Sure. But uh, let's look at LA's lines real quick, just to give you guys an idea of what we're talking about. They have Alex Ayafalo, who I like, with Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. That's their first line. That's actually a decent first line. It's more of a defensive first line. It's more as a line that's going to beat you on the counterattack. Second line is Trevor Moore, Philip Dano, Victor Arvidsson. That's another line that's going to beat you on the counterattack or beat you by the cycle game. So that's two lines right there that are defensive oriented that will beat you on the counterattack. They're not really much of a threat independently of that, right? Third line, Carl Grundstrom, Quinn Byfield, and Dustin Brown. That's more of like the... That's more of like the, the line that's a bit more unexpected. They might surprise you at times. And then Brandon Lemieux, Blake Lazat, Arthur Kaliev. I don't know why Arthur Kaliev's on their fourth line. That guy's one of the best shots in the NHL. He scores whenever he wants to with the shot. Seems seemingly at will. Uh, and then on defense, Mikey Anderson with Drew Doughty. Mikey Anderson's had a great season. He's complimented Drew Doughty very well, and they seem to work well together. So I'm okay with that pairing. Uh, Oli Mata with Matt Roy. Matt Roy's come out as a pretty solid defenseman, but Oli Mata, interesting. And then Tobias Bjornfot and Sean Dursey. Like, that's another young pairing. So LA's really riding on a lot of young players in the D core, on the forward core. Like Trevor Moore is still decently young, he's like 26, 27, but he's never really been given a chance. So LA's given him that chance. And then obviously in Nets, you have Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. So they have a few players on IR like Sean Walker and Lies, Leas Anderson and Andreas Athanasiu. So I think I think Athanasiu takes over that spot on the second line once Trevor Moore's out. But mm-hmm. I, I don't see that team making a long run. I think they can make any series interesting because they have the right defensive players in place. But they definitely need to add some players to really solidify a mm-hmm. good lineup. I don't, know, I don't know what you think about their lineup, but that's just my humble opinion on it. I, I think it's okay. I don't, I don't see them, like, I don't see them beating the third place team, or even, or even beating, well, I think Edmonton and LA would be on par, because they're, they're about the same, Edmonton has the X factors with McDavid Dreisaitl, but aside from that though, like, do, do I still see Edmonton beating LA from time to time? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I do. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. I, I do see some comments in the chat, so I just, I just want to address those. Spider from Nar- Spider Man from Naruto says, "God, I wish franchise mode moves would happen, like making the Marner 
Domi and Kachuk line. That would be a really fun line. And I saw, uh, uh, I think it's the Nick Kiprio show. They were talking about how the Leafs should not acquire Max Domi. I think they should. No. I would, no, I would love Max Domi in Toronto. Really? Yes. And here's why. Max Domi thrives uh, thrives in big markets. He loves the spotlight. He loves playing on the big stage. He did so well in Montreal. He fell out of favor with Claude Julien. I don't know why, but he did. Near the end of his tenure with Montreal, he fell out of favor. I don't know why, but he still was able to fetch them Josh Anderson. That's a pretty big, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big thing to get because Josh Anderson's worth a lot right now. He's worth like two firsts almost, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. So Domi got you Josh Anderson, right? Like Domi in the second or whatever it was. So I think if you put Domi on the second line, hear me out, Domi on the second line, because I don't want to split up that top line uh, with Bunting, Matthews, and Marner, like they've been playing lights out. But if you put Domi with Tavares and Nylander, mm-hmm. Domi would complement them so nicely. It would complement them so nicely. So that would be really nice to see. That allows Kerfoot to move down a line and, and play a better role. So I mean, that's just my opinion, but... It would be kind of cool to see Domi go to go to Toronto, play where his dad play where his dad played. But Spiders from Naruto might be just a pipe dream. Um, and he also mm. said he forgot that Connor Garland and Taylor Hall both played in Arizona at one point. It's so it's <laughs> weird to see them. Uh, it's weird to see them talking in like a Vancouver versus Boston game because it feels like literally like two seconds ago. <laughs> Although that feels like years ago, but it was like last season or the season before that Taylor season Hall, before yeah season before that Taylor Hall and Connor Garland were both in. Arizona on a pretty bad losing streak. Uh, so let's move on to the next team. Poncho, I'll let you start us off. Uh, you redeemed hydrate, and I think I need some water. The Vegas Golden Knights. Are you smashing or passing on the Golden Knights? I am. I hate to say it, but I, I am smashing on the Vegas Golden Knights. I, they're, they're just so good. And it sucks because, like, as a Sharks fan, I hate it when the Knights are good. But look at their lines. Pacioretty. Oh, my gosh. So you got Pacioretty. Stone's out right now. You've got Jack Eichel. I've not been watching enough of Knights hockey. But you also have Petrangelo. Shea Theodore. Colesar's been looking really good. Like, and then Leonard. Shout out Leonard. He's my fantasy goalie. Do well, buddy. Um, and Lauren Bassois. I think they're not as stacked as they were in 20, 2015. As when they made the cup run. But I think they're they're in a good spot and they need to they need to capitalize now. Because I do see I do see them kind of turning out like San Jose. If they keep, they're going to keep their gang together longer. So then they have the chance at winning. But at some point, you, you're going to be left with contracts that you can't move. Players that are really old and not enough assets to, to garner um, a full rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely putting themselves in pretty tough situations with their contracts. Um, but keep in mind, like, if Guinea Dodonov comes off the con- off the books next year, Riley Smith is uh, expiring this year. So those are two $5 million mm-hmm. cap hits that you could probably trade away pretty easily. 
William Carlson has a beautiful contract of 5.9 million for the next several years, and he's only 29, so he's okay there. Uh, Patch Ready only has one year left after this one at seven point at seven million as a 33 year old, so you can probably lock him up for less than that as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. and Jack Eichel is locked up long for the next five uh, four years after this one at 10 million. So like they're in a decent spot actually. I, I thought it was a lot worse. I, I the only one that I see as being a really bad contract that he won't be able to move in the future is uh, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, but the problem is Petrangelo hasn't showed the same regression as uh, Carlson yet. So. It's not as risky. It is a less cap hit than uh, Carlson as well. I'll quickly look at the Petrangelo contract just to give you guys an idea of what he's actually making. So Mm -hmm. the one flaw I have with Petrangelo's contract, we were talking about this again in uh, San Jose Vlasic. Remember I was saying, if you want a contract that's buyout, like not buyout proof, but is that's able to be bought out or traded to teams that are trying to reach the cap floor like Arizona like Ottawa, who don't want to spend real money, but want to have a high cap it to make the cap floor. Mm-hmm. Petrangelo has an unmovable contract. Uh, he only made $5 million his first two seasons on the contract, so this season and last season. Next, he makes 8. The year after that, he makes 12.3. The year after that, it's 12.5. Then it's 10. Then it's 8.8, which is actually his cap it. So no year after this will he actually be paying being paid less than his cap is always going to be paid either more or the same as his cap is. So that's another contract that is really tough to move. Uh, so it's it's a tough one. So after this year, he's got one, two, three, four, five years left after this one, and he's already at the age of thirty-two. He'll be thirty-seven at the end of that deal. That's that's risky. Like that's that's Shea Weber territory. One bad injury on his ankle, and he could be done. So he doesn't have the same track record of injury as Weber, but I'm just saying he he plays a similar style. It, it could be a little risky. It could be yeah, a little risky. Yeah. And Petrangelo never had the best skating as it was. So it, it it's definitely a tough situation. You have to hope that Shea Theater can progress even more and make up for Petrangelo's uh, regression. But it's tough. So I, I'm going to pass on the Golden Knights. And the reason why I'm passing is I think their defense isn't good enough. I like Brady McNabb. I like what he brings. And he's on a cheap deal. Mm-hmm. And he's extended for a pretty cheap deal too for what he brings. I like Shea Theodore. I like Petrangelo. Actually, you know what? I, as I'm saying this, I'm smashing. I don't <laughs> care. I'm smashing. I, I take back what I said. I'm, I'm wrong. I, I can't admit when I'm wrong. I take it back. Uh, they have mm. a pretty decent t- decor. They have a pretty yeah. decent decor. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be perfectly healthy come playoff time. I think Mark Stone's going to come off IR uh, for mm. the game one of the playoffs. And you'll have Pacioretty, Eichel, and Stone on the same line. And then you have the Marshall line together as usual, the Carlson, Marshall, Smith. You'll have Dadnov on the third line with whoever else you want. And the fourth line could be Carrier, could be Nicola Hua, Carrier, and the other guy that they have. And that could be, uh, I think it's Garden Hathaway. That would be your energy line. Then your decor is solid, big bruisers that can hit hard. The only flaw for me is Robin Leonard. I'm not mm. a fan of Robin Leonard. I, I don't like the way he moves in the net. He's not. He's like he's big and he can cover a lot of ground and he's got decent reflexes, but he's moving laterally. Laterally for him, if you can elevate the puck, he's not going to save it. I'd be happy mm. for him to prove me wrong because I want to see Vegas succeed. I actually want to see a cup in Vegas because I think that'd be amazing for the game of hockey and I think they'd put on a great show. But that being said, I don't think they have the team to do it. I just don't like their. De- I don't like their goalie. I'm still going to smash because I think they could make up for Leonard's game and I think they're going to acquire yeah. a goalie. But I don't think Leonard's your guy. 
I really don't. That's just my opinion on it, though. A lot of people like Leonard. I like his yeah. personality. I like what he brings to the locker room. I don't like him as my superstar goalie. I think I, I'm i not too fussed with Leonard. He's got a 907 on the year. That's, that's below that's league average. That's fairly good. That's below league average. Mm-hmm. You want your goalie around 912, don't you? I think 9 around that. But you also, that's out of the best goalies in the league. So, I, I'm okay with that as long as your defense is still holding up. Because a 2-8-1 isn't, isn't awful. It's, a, it's, it's average. And yeah. I think right now, because the goalie market, it's just, so, it's just so tight. There's no great goalies where Vegas could go, this guy's better than Len. There's only so many people that I'd go... Yeah, they're they're better than Leonard. There's a there's a quite a few goalies I'd say are better than Leonard, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's another Cam Talbot situation like in Minnesota. Remember, like, yeah, he's better than most mm. of the goalies in the league, or not most, but he's better than like a good portion of them. But once you get to the playoff time and you're the top sixteen teams, well, that's when he becomes one of the worst goalies. Yeah. In that pool then, of players. Yeah. And then it would be but it'd also be harder to get one of those goalies that are above him without giving up too much and breaking up that core. So I think, relatively speaking, although Leonard's stats are on the weaker side, I don't think that just because their goaltending's not, or just below league average, I don't think that necessarily knocks them out of contention. Yeah, I guess that's fair. If he can elevate his game for the playoffs, like they'll be more than set. San, San Jose made it to the conference final with an 899 goalie. So just because <laughs> Le- yeah. Leonard's only putting up a 907, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what he'll do in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man from Naruto mentioned Leonard is good, but they need a playoff goalie. Trading MAF, so Marc-Andre Fleury, was a band-aid on an open wound. And I agree 100% with that comment. If I could take... Honestly, I think Kelly McCrimmon, as much as he's denying interest in Flurry, if they could straight up trade Flurry for Leonard, I think they would in a heartbeat. If that was a possible move where they get half retained on Flurry, they trade Leonard for Flurry and maybe throw in a fourth or a second or whatever it is, I think they do that in a heartbeat. So I think Flurry gets you there. I don't yeah. think Leonard does. I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I. I maybe look towards like drafting either like drafting or developing another yeah another goalie i don't think trading back for somebody that you just traded away is necessarily the great yeah. option cuz that's what I um agree. yeah that's what calgary wants to do with mark giordano and i say like no. you could it wouldn't be necessarily the worst thing but i don't see that helping your future yeah, no, I agree. Tra- acquiring Mark Jordan is not the right move for Calgary. I agree with you yeah. on that. And I'm not saying to acquire MAF. I'm saying that if they could go back and instead give up Leonard than Fleury, oh, I yeah. would. 100%. And uh, Spider from Naruto, to end off the stream, because yeah. we, we are at the time, um, yeah. Spider Man from Naruto says that future considerations fella sure gets moved around the league a lot. And I agree. <laughs> Who is this future considerations fella and why yeah, does well, everybody want him? 
Well, Future's been in the league since since well into the 80s, so he's oh, had yeah. a good long career. Um, you know, like he's essentially is well worth is well worth it because you get Mark Andre Fleury's for Future. Um, what are some big trades? But then you also get these small deals where you had um, Dzingle and the Labushkin also future consideration. So you know what? I think he's kind of like a Wall Street bet right now. Either yeah. his value's really good, but then you know sometimes the value's like really low. Yeah, people just want him on their team. I think they just want yeah. futures on their team. I think that's just the way. They, like Montreal did it the other day for McNiven. Uh, Calgary, I'm surprised Calgary gave him up, you know, future considerations. Like, that could be a good player one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's well, crazy. like... It yeah. could turn into well, a seventh-round pick. Who knows? Name another uh, <laughs> player that's been in the league as long as future considerations. Can't. I can't. There's no one who has that can't. longevity. Like, that's insane. It's almost like they're not even human. Um, Spire yeah. from Naruto also says, oh, please, oh, please, Vegas, give us Leonard back for MAF, lol. In all caps, uh, Dad9Sports is calling us, a ja- uh, calling us jackasses. I don't know why. Uh, and then Spire from Naruto says, Hawks would love to have a guy on their on a terrible team who puts up above 900 save percentage and isn't on there last year. Uh, the flaw with your comment is it's not the goalie, man. <laughs> it ain't the goalie. It's your defense. Here. Just to comment on the Hawks one more time, as I have said all season long, your defense sucks, man. Like, I don't know what you were expecting. Here, let me let me pull up their stats real quick for the Chicago Blackhawks and their defense. Are you ready for this? Do you want to hear what their decor is? Seth Jones at yeah. $9.5 million. Calvin DeHaan at 4.5. Jake McCabe yes. at 4 for the next three years after this one. <laughs> Connor Murphy at 4.4. Extended for the next four years after this one. Because, yeah, let's extend that guy. Riley Stillman, who I actually like, at 1.35 mm-hmm. for the next two years. Caleb Jones, expiring. And Eric Gustafson, expiring. That's your decor. Really? Really. And you expect your goalie to put up a 900 save percentage? Yeah. That ain't happening. Also, it seemed like Jeremy Carlton, I think that was the coach before, he seemed like he had given up on his mm-hmm. job. So it makes sense that the goalies and the team was playing bad before. But even with him gone, they still pretty much suck. Let me pull up the <laughs> Hawks team like player stats all right you ready for this are you guys ready for this uh, by player can i go on a team yes i can beautiful Chicago blackhawks are you ready for the defensive stats here i'm only going by defenseman you guys ready for this seth jones 34 points okay that's not bad minus 24 uh jake mccabe only 10 points minus 21 in 47 games riley stillman's only a minus one in 28 play him more please uh, Eric Gustafson has 14 points and is a plus-minus of zero in 43 games. Play him more, please, because he's actually doing something. Caleb Jones is a plus-one. Play him more when he's not injured. Calvin Hans a minus-16. Um, and where, where's Connor Murphy? A minus-15. That's actually not as bad as I expected, but still. Minus-15 for need, Connor Murphy. You need to change it up there. That is a terrible decor. And you know what's even worse, actually, about, about what I'm talking about there? You want to know what's even worse about that? Here's what's worse. What's Connor Murphy, they just extend to 4.4 per year for the next four years, right? Well, what do you think his stats were last year? Like, what do you think he war- Why do you think he warranted that extension? I'm going to say he played all 56 games. He had 15 goals. 
20 assists? No. He had oh, okay. three goals, 12 assists, or 15 points in 50 games, and a plus one. Oh, no. Is that really worth $4.4 4 for the next four years? Are you really betting on that? What are we doing? He's, he's 28. Like at least he's at least he's 28. Like, that's not too bad because I mean maybe some team will take him. But that was the exact problem in Arizona. That's why they couldn't move him because they'd signed him to a big deal after like an average season, thinking he's going to improve. And at least to Arizona's benefit, they signed him when he was like 21 to a four-year, four-something deal, and they were never mm. at the cap, cap salary cap like max. So it didn't matter. But it was still an unmovable deal because no one wanted that contract. Then Chicago finally said, ah, maybe he'll play well over here. First season, 14 points in 76 games of minus three. Second season, improved. 13 points, 52 games, a plus 12. You know what? Well done. If you sign the extension after that season, I'd understand. But guess what? The year after that, 19 points. Improvement, 58 games. Only a plus two, though. The year after that, regression, 15 mm. points. And now this year... He's got nine and fifty-one and a minus fifteen. I'm telling you, he's not worth four point four million. And his shooting percentage is higher than what it was last year. This year, higher. He shoot three point eight last year. He's at six and a half. That's insane. And don't even get me started on Jake McCabe, by the way. Don't even get me started on the Jake McCabe contract. Four million per year for the next three years. You want to know what Jake McCabe's hmm. stats were at the time of that deal or when they acquired him? Guess guess how many points he had last season. Or sorry, the season before last. When they signed that deal. Or acquired him. Sorry, so... Sorry, say that again? So, last season, 2020-2021, right? Mm -hmm. Guess how many games he played. This is the, the first year after his new contract. 4x4, four four, I think. And this is... Is this the COVID year? And this is in Buffalo. This is the COVID year. Guess how many games he played. 2020-2021. Me 21. Uh, 36. 13. With three points and oh, plus two. Oh, no! And so Chicago sees that contract, right? Three more years, or four more years at $4 million. Like, yes, give me that contract. Let's pair him with Connor Murphy from Arizona and Jake McCabe from mm -hmm. Buffalo, who was a minus 11 the year before that when they signed that deal. Put him on the same mm -hmm. pairing. Guess what? Jake McCabe is a minus 21 with 10 points. Chicago, what? Hello? You really thought you were going to win with that contract with those teams. Bowman, <laughs> Bowman would be seething right now if he didn't believe in his moves. Dude, I, what are those moves? What, dude, it's like throwing paint at it's like throwing paint at the air and hoping it sticks to the air. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not even throwing paint at a wall and hoping it sticks. That's, that's not even that. That's literally just throwing paint at the air and hoping it sticks, which literally makes no mm -hmm. sense, by the way. That's, that's bad. Like, that's bad. Like, he didn't miss on one. He missed on two, right? Calvin DeHaan's been okay, but, like, why? Why? Anyway, I've gone mm -hmm. way too long of a rant for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm sorry. Blanche, anything else you want to cover before we uh, call it a day? Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go William Eklund, Eurogardens. Uh, he's having a great year. Um, what else do I want to shout out? I want to shout out Vancouver legend Mark Messier. I hope he's having a good day. Hope he's selling Lay's a lot of chips. Um, let's shout out. Uh, I don't know what else to shout out. Get, what else can we shout out? I want to shout out all you GM players. Working hard. Improve those teams. 
get it done. And yeah, that's that's it. Nice, nice. And yeah. uh, just to end off as well uh, in the comments sections. Um, uh, Seth, that is. Oh, sorry. Uh, Seth Jones makes too much to have other players on the top. Sadly, yeah, that that does make sense. But they're still paying Jake McCabe and uh, Connor Murphy four plus million per season. That's eight and a bit for two players that are well below minus, uh, well below even. So, I mean, guys, you could have spent your money more, much more wisely. Chris Weidman would probably be more effective. Let's be honest with ourselves here, and he's worth less than a million dollars. Um. And then Dad Nine Sports says, to be honest, you guys are the only reason I know anything this season. Have not been paying attention, lol. Spent the last two months caring about Calder trophies. Well, we appreciate you using us as your source for hockey. Uh, we appreciate That's that. That's the a lot. most we debatable source. Hey, hey, we are not a debatable source. We use facts, we use reason, we use our objective opinions. There's <laughs> no bias. Never. Opinions. No biases at all. <laughs> we do our best, though. And shout out to Pizza, of course. Uh, you on the podcast home, we should do a franchise sim. I'm down with a franchise simulation. Would you guys be down with a franchise simulation at some point? I'd be down. We could be like co-GMs? Yeah. Triple, th- triple threat co-GMs for Arizona? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Maybe chat can That'd vote on fun, a... That'd be fun, actually. Chat can vote on a franchise, and we, we try to bring it back to life. Would you guys be down with that? Mm-hmm. I'd be down. And we can do like a troll franchise where chat can request for us to trade players, and we have to trade them using the fine trade tab and a random number. I'd be down with that. All right. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Um, and then lastly, I saw someone mention that we should do a fantasy hockey league next season. We will 100% do a fantasy hockey season next next year. Just keep me, someone remind me and I'll happily make one. I've made one before. Uh, it was also dad nine sports, of course. Uh, so just remind me to make one. Um, and we'll definitely, we'll definitely get the underworks. I'm sure punch and I could figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Huge shout out to Baby Bagel, Spire from Naruto, and Dad Nine Sports for all hanging out till the end of the end of the stream. We appreciate that. Hang out to the end of the podcast. Uh, all three of you, feel free to check out our podcast at this link here. I'm sending. Uh, it's our anchor it's link that allows there. you to access all. You already did it, Ponchi. Well, anyway, allows you to access mm-hmm. any platform for our website uh, for our podcast other than YouTube and and uh, Twitch. So if you want to look us up on Spotify and give us a like or or drop a, a nice rating. Uh, on spotify that'd be awesome you can check us out through anchor and it uh, helps with all your podcast needs you can also listen to it directly on anchor i'm pretty sure so it's awesome it's a mm-hmm. great platform uh so we appreciate all your support as always we'll catch you all in the next one punch anything you want to say before we end it off uh mark messier has the most rings is the vancouver canuck with the most rings nice bird is not here to defend that so we'll let him uh, we'll let him seethe in his chair when he gets home. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Everyone have a good night. Have a good evening. I'm about to go watch the Habs game. Go Habs, go baby. Let's get that win against Calgary. Sorry, Ponchi. And uh, <laughs> wait, is that eight, right? Or seven? Uh, for what? The Habs game. I don't know. Fudge. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know what time it's at. Damn. I, I, I thought it was going to be... Uh, early scores for tonight. Oh shit! I can't. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern, dude. I I have work in the morning. I can't watch that. God damn it, NHL. Never mind. Not watching the Habs game. I got my hopes up. We'll see you guys later. Everyone have a good night, and uh, we we appreciate you all and all your support. We really do. It means a lot to us that you hang out with us and listen to us talk about hockey and interact with us. It's such a fun time 
honestly the podcast mm. is one of my favorite things about twitch if not my favorite thing about twitch so we'll see you all in the next one thank you n1 hawk for the lurk but we're actually heading out everyone have a good night and we'll we'll see you all later